my best friend growing up was Jeremy Gervanti. Someone's going to call him and tell him that he needs to get online. I call him Jeremy. That's mainly because when we were young, I couldn't pronounce his name correctly, and then it just stuck. Sometimes germ. It's true. To this day, matter of fact, I was talking to him a little bit ago, and his son heard me say his name, and he's looking at me like, I said, don't worry about it, man. It's okay. Everything's fine. But we did all kinds of stuff together when we were growing up. And, um, uh, you know, the thing about Jeremy, I'm going to call him Jeremy because that's what I call him. Uh, He never did anything halfway. He just didn't do anything halfway. Everything he did was over the top. Teachers are saying yes in this place. And I was normally right there with him. Everything we did, some of these things I've talked about through the years, uh, when we built a fort, it wasn't just a fort, it was a two-story fort. And it didn't matter the fact that it was only about 18 inches and you had to crawl on your belly to get in there, it was a two-story fort. And uh, everything we did was like that. Another fort that we made uh, was above my parents' garage and we decided we wanted both electricity and water and uh, we, uh, we pulled a wire across the yard to go up there and a water hose and put it up in there. My parents weren't very happy about that at all. Everything we did, it was just always over the top. We would ride horses. And when we rode horses, we would get in full cowboy gear. Hat, scarf, boots, cap guns. And we'd be riding through Bellevue, just to ride. And not only did we just ride, we would go through McDonald's drive-thru on our horses. Sup? You know we were cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, me, Jeremy, and Bubba, is Bubba here? Or Daryl, he's growing, uh, see? I ain't calling these people by their cool names. It's Bubba and it's Jeremy. That's just what it is. And, uh, but we sang one song, one song. After that, Jeremy decided we needed our own business cards. We went and printed up business cards, the Bugle Boys, and we never even sung another song. It was always over the top. And uh, most of the skits, if those were here years ago when we were young, most of those skits we did, Jeremy was the driving force behind those uh, when we would do all that. And to be honest with you, I can't wait till he gets back in church because Jeremy does nothing halfway. I'm excited about that day. And I know you're watching me. I'm excited about that day. And, uh, but here's the funny thing. You're gonna like this, Jeremy. God and Jeremy have some things in common because both of them always go all out. God never does anything halfway. He's a hundred percent kind of a God. Sometimes he may do things in stages, but he always finishes what he starts. That's the God that I serve. 
God gave us everything we needed, both to survive and to thrive. He created everything by the hand and the voice of God Almighty. And there's not another planet like this planet. Man's attempt at finding life on another planet always seems to come up short. Could God create another world? Of course he could, but I don't find it in the word of God, neither do I find it in our present reality. God said, you're going to be special and I'm gonna give you everything you need. And to top it all off, I am going to give you dominion over it. Genesis chapter one and verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all of the earth. Everybody say all of the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. My God does things and he does it all out. He doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't do it half-hearted. He does it with every bit of gumption he has. That's why when I preach, I don't just preach a little sermon. People say, Pastor, you're wearing me out up there. I know when I get done preaching, I want God to know. I want the devil to know. I want everyone to know. This may be my last sermon, so I'm going to give it everything I've got. This may be my last opportunity, so I'm going to preach with everything that's inside of me. This is the God that I serve. He is a God that gives all. You could say he goes all out. You could say he's all in, but all is what he does. In Mark chapter seven and verse 37, the Bible says, and we were beyond measure. I almost titled this beyond measure. We are beyond measure astonished, saying he hath done all things well. He hath done all things well. I'm here to tell you, God does not do some things well. God does all things well. I don't know what you're going through, but my God is in this place today. And if you will just reach out to him, he will take care of whatever it is that you are going through because my God does all things well. The definition of all. Everybody say all. all. The definition of all means the whole amount, the full quantity. It means whole. It means the whole of one's energy and, or interest. But I think my grandpa said it best, super simple. All means all, and that's all all means. I like the way grandpa said that. Son, I told you to get all the trash up and all means all and that's all all means. When I tell you to go and do something and I say take care of all of it, guess what I mean? I want it all taken care of because all means all and that's all all means. This is the God I serve. He don't play games. 
For instance, when God was, is going to set you free, he doesn't halfway set you free. He completely sets you free. I want to talk to someone that feels like you're in limbo and limbo is not the will of God for you. I want to talk to someone that feels like you're halfway in between something. That's not the will of God. When God begins to work, he does everything. The people of Egypt or people of Israel are about to leave Egypt and Pharaoh has been saying, you can go but leave your kids and you can do this, but don't do that. And finally, he says, okay, Exodus 10, 40, uh, 24. Pharaoh calls unto Moses and says, go ye, just, just get out of here. Serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Even your little ones, because first he, he wanted the grown-ups to go, but leave the little ones. Devil is a liar. He said they can even go, but just leave the, the, the animals here. And I love what Moses said under the unction of the Holy Ghost. In verse 26, he said, our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind. This is the kind of attitude I'm talking about. Well, let's compromise with the devil and say, well, I've got three kids. Uh, at least I got two in the church. Uh, I'm not going with that. Uh, I'm not going to give up uh, until every single one of my kids uh, are back in the church. Devil, I'm not making a deal with you. Devil, I'm not compromising with you. Uh, all means all. And that's all all means. Uh, I want all my kids to be saved. I want my family there's not a hoof there's not a hoof that's gonna remain I'm bringing them all home I'm bringing them all home come on somebody you're living in the land of compromise that's not your land you're supposed to be in the land of promise with all of your family oh I wish someone would get an attitude and clap I wish you would clap with an attitude. I wish you would praise God with an attitude. I wish you would worship God with a bit of an attitude. You've settled for compromise, but that's not the will of God. I ain't leaving a hoof. I ain't leaving a hoof. I ain't leaving a horn. I ain't leaving nothing. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh, when, when I do leave, not only am I bringing my kids, not only am I bringing my spouse, not only am I bringing my stuff, but I'm taking your stuff too. And by the time they left Egypt, not only did they have their wealth, they had the wealth of Egypt with them. I'm talking about a God that's extreme, a God that goes all the way. He's 100%. He's all out. Turn to someone and say, nothing's left behind. Oh, yeah, you just, you, you, you just, you're looking at your problems and you just told that person, nothing's left behind. Come on now. Come on, somebody. You need a bow up today. You say, nothing's left behind. I ain't leaving the hoof behind. 
I'm not leaving anything behind. It's not the will of God for me to come halfway. No, sir. It's the will of God. You want to know what the will of God? That none should perish. And that's certainly talking about my kids. That's most certainly talking about my family. I don't know why I'm stuck here, but I am. Somebody needs to get a tenacity about you that says, I will not leave anything behind. You know what I'm excited about? Keep standing, Adam. Keep standing, Sister Jeter. Sit down, everybody else. You know what I'm excited about? Is that godly woman stand up by the Jeter and her husband right there? They were in the church there for a while, but the Jeter wasn't there. Sit down by the Jeter. He wasn't in the church, but she kept praying. Next thing you know, but the Jeter is back in church. Stand up by the Jeter. I'm giving you a little exercise. And her other kids were in church, but there was still one that wasn't in church, but she refused to stop praying. She said, I won't settle for anything less. And today he's here with his hands in the air, worshiping God, not a hoof, not a child, nothing. Get out of the land of compromise. Get out of the land of settling and make up in your mind somehow, some way, they're coming back. Sister Stacy, what's that scripture you sent me the other day? You remember? Can you quote it? He's going to say to the West, give them up. He's going to say to the East, bring them on home. Come on, someone help me. My mind's blank. He's going to start talking to the North, South, East, and West, saying, give me my kids back. Give me my children back. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, somebody, I don't care what direction they went to, you need to plant your feet and say, I will not be satisfied until everything... We're going to be halfway free. No. If the son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free. Indeed. That means you're completely free. You're free through and through. You're all the way free. You see when God begins to work. If we would just let him work. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident in this very thing. He which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can you give me that in the ESV? I am sure of this thing, that he hath, that hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion if God starts something God finishes what he starts if God's started working in your family he's not satisfied until it is finished for he is the author and the he's the author and the of my faith hmm this is my God. He's 100%. He's all in. Look at the attitude of God Almighty that steps on the throne. He does not come 
to this earth partially. He does not come to this earth in just portions. But the Bible says that he brought all of himself in Colossians chapter two and verse number nine. For in him, Jesus Christ dwelleth in him. Talking about Jesus Christ uh, dwelleth, dwelleth, dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of God came down into the man. God didn't stay up in heaven and point down and say, son, you just go down there and get beat up. But God himself stepped into the man. And when Jesus was walking on this earth, it wasn't part of God. But the fullness of God dwelt in the man, Christ Jesus, because that's the God I serve. He goes all out and we reap the benefits therefore if any man be in Christ according to 2 Corinthians 5 17 if any man be in Christ he is a new creature old things are passed away and behold all things are become new. God doesn't say, let me halfway do something. God doesn't say, well, the paint on the wall is okay. We're just gonna put a new couch in here. God walks in, says out with the carpet, change the drapes. It's time to paint the walls. It's time for new furniture. When God steps into your life, he doesn't halfway change you. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away and all things, all things, all things. Uh-huh. I was talking to, well, I'll let them do their own testimony. I was talking to somebody. And before they got in the church, they were in a game that you don't get out of. When you're in, there's only one way out. That's it. But he became a new creature in Christ Jesus. So he's in the store and one of the hit men of that game, he steps into the line of a grocery store after he's saved, after he's beginning to walk with God. He steps into the line of the grocery store and the man in front of him is one of the hit men that he knows him. They know each other. They were both gunmen at one point in the same Gang, but he's standing there and the guy looks around and looks at him and smiles and just kind of nods at him. So he just smiled and nodded back. He didn't know if when he walked out, he was going to be waiting on him, but he recognized in his eyes, there was no recognition any longer. What had happened to him when God comes in and he changes you, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things. You say, wait a minute. That's my past, but I forgot the things of my past because I'm reaching for the things that are before. It's covered by the blood and all things become all things are of God whom hath reconciled us to him by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation we're supposed to reconcile people to Jesus Christ to wit 
that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. God again did not just send someone down and say you take care of it but God said I'm going down myself. I'm going to make a difference myself. The fullness of God dwelt in the man Christ Jesus. God gave all of himself. That's why God began to look for somebody. When God looks for people, he's looking for someone that would give all of themselves back to him. God is looking for someone that will match his passion. The reason why some people have a hard time living for God is because they have not surrendered everything. We keep trying to hold things back. We're gonna just try God out, put our toe in and see how this God thing's gonna work. You're never gonna get out of your mess. Just, I don't know, I don't know, no, no. You ain't gonna get anywhere like that. Just testing God out, it will never work. You got to go ahead and give everything to him and God will put you to the test sometimes. You hear what I'm telling you? God is going to find out whether or not you're all in or not, whether or not you're everything, 100%, whether you're finished at all, whether you withhold anything from him, God's going to know because God's going to put you to the test. You go back to the father of the faithful, Abraham, that great man of God. His life was marked with sacrifice, but God kept pushing him. From the very beginning, God said, I want you to leave your land. I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave your extended family, all the comforts of home. I want you to leave it all. And I want you to walk by faith. And Abraham did it. He left everything behind and began to walk in a strange land by faith. But God continued to check on him. Abraham, I know the sacrifice you've made but there's still something I'm trying to find out I don't wonder hear me what I'm about to say I don't wonder if you'll give me some things but I wonder if you'll give me everything I don't wonder if you'll sacrifice some things what I want to know Abraham will you give me everything finally it got to the point he said there's one thing that seems to me more to you than anything else something you love most of all, your only son. So God, in Genesis 22 and two, God speaks to Abraham and he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering 
unto one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And the Bible says that when Abraham got the instructions from God Almighty that I'm to take my son, my only son, and give it back to him. This is a miracle baby. He wasn't supposed to have this. Uh, hold on. Uh, God, you're telling me uh, you want me to give back the blessings uh, that you've given me? Uh, are you telling me uh, what I've waited a hundred years for? Uh, you now want me to give it back to you? Uh, but Abraham uh, looked at God uh, and said, yes sir yes sir and the bible says that abraham rose up early in the morning and he made his way to the mountain and he climbed the mountain with his son isaac and he laid his son isaac upon the altar of sacrifice and in genesis 22 and 10 abraham stretched forth his hands and took the knife to slay his son and the angel of the lord came unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham and he said here am I and he said lay not thy hand upon the lad neither doth thou any harm anything unto him for now I know that thou fearest God seeing thou hast not withheld thou hast not withheld thy son thine only son from me my God is looking for people that don't hold things back you say I've got a reason the reason ain't good enough you say wait a minute it don't make no sense it don't matter God's not looking for part of you God's looking for all of you how plain does he have to make it look at how plain Jesus talks about it he left no doubt what he's trying to get through. In Mark chapter 12, in verse number 30, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. You are to love God, not with some, not with some of your heart and some of your strength and some of your mind and some of your soul. He is not looking for most of your heart and most of your strength and most of your soul. He says, I want all of your heart. I want your emotions. I want everything that you've got. I want all of your strength I don't want you to spend all your strength out there and then when you try to pray you ain't got no strength to pray you ain't got enough strength to make it to church you ain't got enough strength to read your Bible he said I want all I want your strength I want what your mind I don't want your mind on all the things of this world I want your mind at some point you've got to learn to gird up the loins of your mind at some point you got to bring your thoughts into captivity at some point, you've got to give him all. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the story of a woman that had the heart of God. I can see Jesus. I can see his heart began to beat beat rapidly as he sat 
as a lamb among wolves. Questions are being fired at him. He's in a hostile environment. But all of a sudden, a woman comes in. She's a sinner. But she comes in weeping, carrying an alabaster box. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, piece them all together, you get the full story. They come in and she's weeping. And the alabaster box, the Bible says, full of precious ointment. Scholars say it was all she had. It was more than a year's wages. It was everything that this poor sinner lady had. Then she began to fall at his feet. She began to wash his feet with her tears. And she began to dry his feet with her hair. For some reason, this did not bother them like what she did next. It even angered the disciples when she took the alabaster box and she broke it and started pouring it on Jesus. I believe they would have been okay. They wouldn't have been mad at her if she had opened the box and simply applied it to Jesus as needed. If she would have opened it and dabbed it just so and applied it, they would not have been angry at her, but they were mad at the woman, even the disciples, because she broke the box. And they said, what a waste. But Jesus silenced them. And he said, it's not a waste. It's never a waste to break the box and give Jesus everything. I'm here to tell you, this is what Jesus is looking for. Someone that will not measure their praise. He's looking for someone that will stop measuring. Is this enough? Is this enough? Hallelujah. Is this enough? Thank you, Jesus. Is this enough? Hallelujah. Is this enough? What would happen if we stop measuring and trying to figure out if we've done enough? But we come to church and we broke the box and we gave all to Jesus. We gave everything to Jesus. We weren't worried about what people are going to think about us. We didn't care what people are going to say. They can mock us. They can get angry at us. But I have come into the presence of God and I'm breaking the box. Oh, somebody break the box for a moment. Give God everything you've got for the next couple of moments.
how much. Somebody's beginning to push beyond your comfort zone. Somebody's stopping measuring what you're giving to God. Someone is stepping beyond it. Someone's saying, I'm giving him everything. When I'm finished here today, it will be finished. I'm pouring it all out. I'm breaking the box. I'm withholding nothing. I'm giving 100%. You say, Pastor, how important was this story to Jesus? How important was it to Jesus? How important was it to Jesus? You want to know how he finished it? When this woman got done weeping over his feet, drying it with his hair, breaking the box and anointing him with it. While the disciples said it's a waste. Jesus ended the, ended the conversation like this. In Matthew 26, 13. Verily I say unto you. Wheresoever the gospel shall be preached in the whole world. There shall also this that this woman hath done be told as a memorial of her. He put what she did connected with the gospel, the gospel that Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What she did, he connected with salvation. What is the gospel? The death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what she did. He said, whenever you begin to tell people about what I've done for them, you make sure you talk about what this woman did for me. Did you hear what I said? He said in the same breath that you're talking about what I've done for you. I want you to talk about what this woman has done for me. Because at some point, you've got to stop dabbling with Jesus and break the box and go all in. I can see Jesus looking at her. He's thinking she broke the box. I can see him there thinking just like my body is going to be broken. He started the process of the last full measure at the last supper when he told him, my body is going to be broken. In the process of that time and other times, Peter and others are trying to stop him. No, no, Jesus. He said, uh-uh, get thee behind me, Satan. Don't you remember what the woman did? Don't you remember me saying that's connected to what I'm going to do? I can see him in the garden of Gethsemane as he begins to cry out, not my will, but thine be done. His body began to break. He began to sweat until blood began to come out of his pores. 
The doctors tell us that if you're under enough stress, that blood will begin to come out of your pores. And that's what began to happen with Jesus as he prayed in the garden over you and over me. He said, I am going all the way. I am going all the way. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, yet he refused to open up his mouth. He could have called 10,000 angels to come and rescue him, but he refused to give less than 100%. He could have just said, I'll go straight to the cross. That would fulfill my mission, for my mission is to seek and to save that which is lost. If I just go to the cross, that would be enough. But he said, no, sir, I got to give all if I'm going to be able to heal all of their diseases. I must give my back to the whip. I've got to give my back to the cat of nine tails. I'm going to have to allow the stripes to come on me for it is by his stripes that we are healed. He could have jumped off at that point and said that's good enough because in that day you either were crucified or you were whipped. They never did both but Jesus said I can't do one without the other. I will not stop. I've come to give all. I've come to give all and there's still some blood in my body and I'm not going to stop until I pour out every drop they laid him on a cross and they began to nail him hands and feet they beat a crown of thorns unto his head and they lifted him up but the blood flowed down they lifted him up but the blood flowed down his body down that rugged cross down till it soaked the earth beneath him and down until it reached the depths of hell then they took a spear and they pierced his side and out came blood and water oh yes he gave all he broke the box and there was not a drop left that's why he walks up to thomas thomas that missed one church service and is known as doubting thomas to this day you gotta be careful about missing church People will dub you all kind of things. No one else believed it either till they saw Jesus. But finally, Thomas is in the room when Jesus come walking in. And Jesus walks up to Thomas. You got to understand this. And he says, wait a second. Thomas, take your hand and put it in my side. Jesus was walking around with open wounds, but there was no blood. Why? Because he spared not a drop. He spared not a drop. Every drop had already flowed out of his body. He wasn't a man like you and I any longer. He was walking around supernaturally and where Thomas could take his hand and thrust it up in his side. And he was saying, Thomas, I didn't spare a drop for you my man I made sure I poured out every drop of my body why because Jesus is 
all in. He's 100%. He goes all out. He did it all. I can see Jesus that knows the end from the beginning is looking at this woman that had broken the alabaster box. She said, this is what I'm talking about, Jesus says. So when you're preaching about what I've done, talk about what this woman has done. Talk about the fact that I gave all. Let people know I want them to give all. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, but half measures will not work. I hate to be the one to break the news to you, but 99% is not what God is looking for. God gave all and he wants all. He wants all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. He wants you to break the box. I know that there are people here today, you're listening to me preach and you have given a lot. You've taken great steps, but you will never feel complete victory until you break the box and give all to Jesus. A lot is not enough. Jesus can see what you're withholding from him. So he says, Abraham, you've given a lot. You left everything behind. You're walking by faith. Now give me your son. Now I know you withhold nothing from me. The Bible tells us of a man that came to Jesus. He says, what do I need to do? Jesus began to tell him things that he needed to do, the commandments of the Lord. A smile comes across the young man's face as he says, I've done all of this from my youth up. I've got all of this. He's looking at Jesus in Luke 18, 22. All these things I've kept from my youth up. But verse 22, Jesus says, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, yet lackest thou one thing. Come on, Jesus. One thing? Really? I've done all of this and you're going to pick on one thing? Yes, because that's what it takes to follow me. That's what it takes to pick up your cross and follow me. He said, one thing lackest thou, sell all thou hast and distribute to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What that young man didn't understand, the next verse said that when he heard it, he was very sorrowful because he had very much and he went away from Jesus and did not follow him. He didn't understand what Jesus was like. Jesus never asked for anything. He won't give back. He said, anyone that has given up houses and lands and children and everything you've given up, you're going to get everything back in this life and the life to come, life eternal, everything. But all we can focus on is this moment in this service. Are you telling me I have to give this up? And God says, yes, I'm telling you, there is nothing that's off limits to Jesus. Nothing is off limits to Jesus. Nothing. I 
Oh, lift your hands and pray for a second. I know I'm making people uncomfortable. Just keep praying. But it's time for us to stop doing little half measures for Jesus. Giving Jesus little portions of our lives. It's time for you to go all in. It's time for you to step across the line. It's time for you to give 100% to Jesus Christ. Hear me today. Jesus is paying more attention to what you hold on to than what you give. You hear what I'm telling you? Jesus is paying more attention, brother Stan, to what you hang on to than what you give. We always want to show how much we gave. And Jesus says, but wait a minute, you're holding on to this. But I've given so much. Jesus don't care how much it is. Look at the Bible when Jesus looked at the widow woman that gave her little mites and Jesus said she gave more than all. Why? Why? Because he said all of you, you gave out of your abundance. She gave everything that she had because Jesus is paying more attention to what you hold on to than what you actually give. And so we want to look at ourselves and say, but I've done this and I've done that and look at all the things that I've given to God and God says that's great but what about your this and what about your that and what about this and God is paying attention to the things that you cherish more than you cherish God more than anything else you're holding on to your past holding on to the sports of this world hanging on to the entertainment of this world hanging on to the junk of this world and God is telling you I want those things that you won't give me I don't care how much you've given I want what you are holding back on I was in general conference two weeks ago or so. Brother Bernard, the superintendent, gets up and says, the man that's about to come is a missionary. He said, no phones out, no recording, no one tweeting out the name. No posting at all. They had men all over that place walking back and forth, watching up and down the aisles. You took your phone out, they would say, what are you doing with that, sir? I don't care who you were. Don't, don't do anything, why? Because this missionary was in a country that if it got out his name and who he was and someone took a picture of him, when he got back, they would meet him there and he would die. He has to drive everywhere with people in a van that is so darkly tinted you can't see in. He has to sneak in back alleyways. People, ministers from his church and his work have come home to find their children dead in front of the door. And we have the audacity to act like God is asking too much to us in Bellevue, Florida. Oh, that's too much, God. 
I can't give you all of my life. I can't give you everything. I got to hold some things back. That's not what God is looking for. He's not looking for how well you balance him with everything else in the world. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and let God add the other things to you. What I'm trying to get a hold of you is what God has put inside of me. I can't mention his name here today. They ask us not to, but he is on his way back there to preach the gospel. They're baptizing people in Jesus' name. They are being filled with the Holy Ghost. What's going on? His family's there. They're putting their life on the line. That's what God is looking for. I'm preaching to myself today. Y'all are just listening in. Pastor Jason, what are you doing? Are you giving all? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and pray right now. Keep praying. It's so hard. It ain't so hard. It's so difficult. It's not so difficult. You just got to stop playing games. It's always going to feel hard. If you live for God easy, it is hard. But if you live for God hard, it becomes easy. When there is no other options, when you have nothing else on the table and you've given God everything, nothing else really matters. I feel conviction here right now. Sir, you need to come to an altar. Ma'am, you need to come surrender your heart to God. It's time for you to stop playing games with God, acting like you've given everything. When God's looking at the things that you're holding back, today God sent me here to ask you, will you give all to me? Will you give me everything? You wanna have revival in Souls Harbor? It's gonna happen when we have a church that's willing to give all. No one can invite you to come today. You're going to have to get off your seat by yourself. No one else can do it. No, because they can't give all for you. No one can pull you to a seat. I can't persuade you. Something has to get inside of you that you say, God, I need you and I will give you everything. I will withhold nothing, nothing. Somebody needs to break the box. Even now, you're measuring your prayer. Even now, you're measuring your prayer to someone around you. Who cares what they think about you? Who cares what they're going to say? It's time to break the box. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Is it your money? Give it to God. Is it your talent? Give it to God. Is it your family? Is it your job? Give it to God. I promise you, there's nothing that you'll give to God that God in the right timing, in the right place uh, will not restore everything uh, and give you above and beyond. That's it. If you're new here, I'm sorry if you come to something and you don't know what's going on. 
God sent me here with a mission today to stir someone's heart, starting with mine. Oh God, I will give everything to you. <laughs> I want to tell you to pray with someone, but I can't yet. God just keeps putting on me. Someone's got to bury their face by themselves. Someone's got to cry out to me by themselves. Someone has got to break the box themselves. Somebody! Oh God. Oh God. Come on. Are you giving 100% sitting in this place right now? I'm asking you to examine yourself. Are you really giving everything you've got to Jesus? Come on, search your heart. God, what is it you want me to give up? God, what is it that means more to me than anything else? Don't, don't, don't walk away. Don't walk away without giving everything to God. If something I preach stung you today, then you need to say thank you, Jesus. And if you can't give it to God, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Ministers begin to move and pray. Let the Holy Ghost begin to lead you, Jesus. Be led by the Spirit all over this place. Oh. Oh, Jesus. I will not withhold. Thank you, Jesus. Those that are praying, keep praying, hear me. God says, I want all of you, but you might be sitting there thinking, God don't want me. But the Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, I want everybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care what's in their life. I want all of them. Well, God don't want my problems. Yes, he does. In 1 Peter 5 and 7, he said, cast all of your cares on me, for I care for you. He said, cast all your cares. Cast the good and the bad. Oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. He said to give everything. And so here today in this atmosphere, I challenge you uh, to give it to God uh, everything and everybody uh, give it to God give it to God that's it sir you got to open your mouth no one can do it for you 
You got to open your mouth and talk to God. I will die with you. There it is, ma'am. That's awesome. My sacrifice. Ministers move in the Holy Ghost. Altar workers move in the Holy Ghost. Let's move in the Holy Ghost. That's it. I give you everything, God. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing off limits. I want to say, like the Apostle Paul, I have finished my course. I finished my course. I laid it all on the line. Be led, be led. Break the box today. Break the box today. Come on. Don't hold anything back. Break the box today. I surrender all. Here I am, Jesus. Remember. remember Come on, let this song become your prayer right now. I will give you all. Yes. release now find someone all over this place to pray with find someone to intercede with find someone to call out to God with oh God as a group we give you everything as the church the body of Christ we withhold nothing from you come on that's it husband and wife pray together that's it brother and sister pray together that's it that's it I give you everything. There's nothing that I won't give you. There's nothing I won't surrender to you. Jesus.
simple don't you love it when there's a project and you walk up to it and they're like oh no I need you to take three bags over here and I need you to take seven over here then I need you to take eight over here I need you to take uh, the one in the left and take it back to that corner and I need to God don't do that he just says give it all makes it simple don't it well am I am I giving too much to God no no He made it real simple. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. I want all of it. And I'm telling you here today, if you start trying to piece it out, you're going to say, oh, this, this church thing don't work. It won't work like that. This church, this God thing don't work. You're right, not like that. But when you just say, I'm all in, God says, that's what I'm looking for. And he wraps you up. Thank you, Lord. I feel like God's done some good things, but I still like, feel like there's some people on the edge. It may happen today, it may happen tomorrow. But until you're all in, you're going to be dealing with some things. You're going to have trials no matter what. But when Jesus is with you and you're yoked up with him, the trials just plow right through. Before we walk out one more time, will you lift your hands? Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice, those that are watching online, I'm asking you, God, to help me, Pastor Jason, help this church, Souls Harbor, and whoever is watching, I'm asking you to help us to not withhold anything, but to give you all. God, help us to just take the leap of faith and to walk with you. God, I pray that you guide our steps in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.